What's good? What's good? I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to come and ball about the South with C. Wood. That's me. I am the host, Kerry Wood. Call me C. Wood for short. At C. Wood on Sports is where you can find me on Twitter and IG. And you know how we do it around here. This is ball about the South. We talk ball. We talk sports. And we do it with a Southern flavor. And again, I want to say how much I appreciate you joining me. Uh, We're going to move this thing forward, man. This is episode six. I did not join you. I apologize for a little bit of a hiatus last week. Did not join you for uh, episode six last week. Had some, you know, had some things to attend to and did not get a chance to record when I thought I would. And it just, you know, just didn't work out. But we're back in full effect this week. And actually, you know what? We're going to be here twice for you. I'm going to be here twice for you. We're going to do our regular show right here, right now, the regular show where we're going to talk a lot of football. Obviously, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, we got plenty to talk about when you think about everything that's going on in the SEC, everything that's going on around the NFL, HBCU ranks, all of that. We're going to get into all of that here in this the, the sixth episode of Ball About the South. But later on in the week, probably around Friday or Saturday, we're going to drop my NBA preview. The NBA, y'all believe it gets started up next week. I'm recording on Tuesday evening. This time next week, we'll be talking about regular season ball games in the NBA. That is just insane to me how this thing has just gone by so fast. I'm ready for it, though, because I've been checking out some of the preseason games. I'm I'm definitely ready for it. I, I'm a huge NBA fan. Probably, in some respects, maybe a little bit bigger NBA fan than I am NFL. And, uh, you know, huge Houston Rockets fan. Obviously, I don't think we have a lot to look forward to as far as making the playoffs or trying to you know, make a, you know, run in the playoffs or even, you know, at all. Obviously, we don't, but it's an exciting season because we got a lot of new faces with the Houston Rockets. So I've been enjoying just kind of checking them out for a quick minute. And I'm definitely going to be watching them as the season goes on. But we come up with that uh, NBA preview later on this week. We're going to come down. You know how we're going to do it. If you listen to my NFL preview show, it's going to be a lot like that. We're going to really get into the uh, NBA Southeast and Southwest divisions really tight. We're going to feature teams like the Hawks and the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. We'll we'll really get into all three of those teams, but we'll also talk about the Hornets and the the Heat and the Magic and the Rockets and the Spurs and uh, even the Washington Wizards who, you know, thanks to that, uh, Russell Westbrook trade to the LA Lakers. I think they have some things possibly to look forward to there in DC. I mean, you know, you know, we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the effects uh, that COVID could have. Obviously, Kyrie Irving in the news. We'll talk about that a little bit later in this episode. Uh, just crazy stuff going on there. Uh, maybe a little bit of Ben Simmons as well. But, yeah, man, it, uh, the NBA season is upon us, and we're still talking. I mean, we're still neck deep in football, and what a football weekend. What Really, what a 
you know, a couple of football weekends we've had because I did not join you last week. And there's, I mean, again, there's a lot to discuss. And a lot came out of just the SEC. <laughs> I mean, naturally, I mean, you know, last weekend we were looking at uh, talking about uh, uh, Georgia doing their thing against Arkansas, you know, beating them 37 nothing, and, you know, uh, Kentucky doing their thing against Florida, finally kind of getting another win. That that was only their second, the second time they had won in like a million years in Lexington against the Gators. Didn't get a chance to talk about any of that last week. Auburn going on the road and winning at LSU, and Bo Nix doing his friend talking and imitation, and, uh, Patrick Mahomes imitation or whatever. Uh, Mississippi State going on the road to beat Texas A&M. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> the Aggies coming off of two consecutive victory. I mean, I'm sorry, two consecutive losses at home. One to Mississippi State and the other, uh, well, not at home. The, the first game was against Arkansas in the neutral field there at Jerry's World. They come back unranked. And they beat the number one team in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, obviously, we're going to get into that first. You know, we had all that going on last week. Tennessee putting up 62 points on the um, Missouri Tigers. And then they sit there and they back that up with 45 more points against South Carolina. And for my money, you know, South Carolina and, and Missouri – uh, pretty, two pretty decent SEC defenses. And so for, you know, <laughs> for Tennessee to come out and do that, averaging a cool 53 points a game, that was 53 and a half. I don't want to take that, you know, I want to take that hook away from them. 53 and a half points in their last two games. You think the Tennessee Volunteer fans in Rocky Top, you think they're not excited? Man. I mean, just crazy. Josh Heupel is is um, making his presence felt there in in, in Rocket in, in Rocket Top, and and look up here, man. The, now the Volunteers all of a sudden four and two. They get Ole Miss next week. I mean, this coming Saturday, Ole Miss coming off a fifty two fifty one victory over Arkansas. <laughs> that was an insane game to say the absolute least. We're going to obviously get into that game a little bit later on. Uh, you had, I mean, there's so much going on. So Tennessee now, again, they, they get Ole Miss this week. They get Alabama next week. I guarantee you there are a lot of folk wearing orange sitting there looking at what happened in College Station the other night, and they're starting to lick their chops a little bit. They're seeing an Alabama defense that does not look like an Alabama defense. And they're seeing a Tennessee offense that hasn't that's that looks like no Tennessee offense we've seen in quite a while. So and it's all being led by who was their backup quarterback, Hendon Hooker. This dude has been killing it. I mean, you know, we're getting all of that. I mean, you got all of that going on in the SEC. Then you've got LSU being blown out by Kentucky, <laughs> which, you know, there was, you know, a tweet that went out before the season started. I think a guy was basically uh, 
asking, you know, from his followers who what game would you think would be a an upset uh coming into the season. And someone mentioned Texas A and I'm sorry, mentioned Kentucky beating LSU. And I tweeted out, well, by the time we get to the Kentucky LSU game, it might not be that big an up, big of an upset. And that's exactly what it was. It was not an upset. I mean, the only reason you call that an upset is because of the historical aspect of it. You know, obviously LSU has a lot deeper, a lot richer history in football than Kentucky does. But you look at it this season, there's no question the better team is wearing blue. Okay? So, no upset there. Kentucky manhandled LSU. Things were really getting ugly there in Baton Rouge. We'll get into that a little bit later on as well. Again, so much to talk about. Georgia puts it on Auburn 34-10 to there in Auburn. Not much of a surprise there. Uh, you know, Auburn, again, I, I, I don't think that there's any surprise. I, uh, they they were able to get 10 points. I guess that was pretty good <laughs> for what Georgia has been giving up so far this season. Other than that, not a whole lot to talk about on that game, to be honest with you. So, you know, you got things going on at Auburn. You got a lot of, you know, uh, the offense. Obviously, Bo Nix, we've talked about that a lot here in previous episodes. No need to really even go back into that right now. We'll we'll touch on that game a little bit a little you know a little bit later on because we got a huge game this coming weekend as the Kentucky Wildcats go in between the hedges and face the Georgia Bulldogs. That is the CBS two thirty game this week. So you know obviously we're gonna get into that, but I say all of that to say this, and again, that's I mean, that's just the SEC. We haven't even gotten into anything nationally. We haven't gotten into Iowa jumping up to number two after their uh, comeback win over Penn State. We haven't gotten into that. We haven't gotten into the Red River, forget Red River rivalry, the Red River shootout. Texas giving up that big lead to Oklahoma. You know, we... <laughs> Did we not see that coming? Texas gets out to that fast start. Did we not see Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler coming back and, and winning that game? That's exactly what happened. But you know, uh, again, you know, I guess you call it kind of call it an SEC game now, right? Even though it's not going to count the SEC standards, you got two SEC teams going at it. <laughs> uh, you know, man, I mean. Just crazy stuff over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Cincinnati beating Notre Dame last week. Cincinnati now sits third in the uh, AP poll. Again, the eight, you know, the polls don't really mean a whole lot. They really don't. Because it's, it's going to come down to when that committee starts to make their decision, it's going to come down to what they've seen on the field of Cincinnati, whether or not – they'll get a chance to get into the playoff. You know, obviously, uh, you know, they're going to have to be undefeated more than likely. And, you know, with Alabama losing, you know, maybe maybe that changes things. Because I, I sit there and look at a lot of those teams that are up near the top. Iowa. I say, I say even Cincinnati. Um, 
you know, further down the list, you look at Michigan State is still sitting there undefeated. Michigan, both Michigan teams are sitting there undefeated. Uh, I don't see that staying the same. I, I can't believe neither one of those teams aren't going to lose a game. Matter of fact, I would say probably both of those teams eventually lose a game. I think this thing sets up, the way this thing is set up, it's, it's really, to me, it's, it's advantage Ohio State. Because, you know, I mean, the Oregon loss is gone now. It doesn't even matter. Oregon's gone. The Pac-12 is pretty much gone. So right now, Ohio State is at a point where they control their own destiny right now. I mean, they win the Big Ten. They're not, no, not going to be kept out of the playoff unless, you know, I mean, no, there's no way. There's no way they're going to be left out if they if they win out. So they control their own destiny. But another team that controls its own destiny, the Alabama Crimson Tide, even, even with their loss the other night, they dropped from one to five. I I thought they might drop to six. I wasn't really sure. Maybe they uh, the AP, you know, the writers or the coaches would slide Ohio State possibly Michigan ahead of them. I didn't think that they would, but I wasn't sure. So I thought five or six would be where they would land, and that kind of turned out to be the case. You know, yeah, you know, we're going to get into Alabama right now. We're going to really talk about this game in this first segment. A&M coming away with a 41-38 victory. Look, we I called this pretty much earlier in, in, in an earlier episode. I, I could not see Alabama going undefeated in this season. It's it's almost impossible for an SEC team to be talking about going undefeated two years in a row. It's almost, I mean, it's, it's it doesn't happen a whole lot um <laughs> uh, in in uh in one season, let alone two. I mean, it, you just didn't know when it was going to happen. It was starting to look like it was going to be the Florida game, which would have been great for Alabama. I mean, you know, if they, if they had lost that Florida game, everything would have been pretty good. I mean, it was a road game, it was a good team, ranked team, and uh, it was an Eastern Division team, so it, it, it wouldn't have affected their status in, in the Western Division. So Alabama would have been good. As it turns out, losing to A&M, with A&M losing those two games, losing to Mississippi State last week and Arkansas the, the previous week, Alabama's still ahead of A&M in the standings. So it really, this loss hurts. What it does, the, the biggest way it hurts Alabama, it doesn't give them any margin for error now. I think if they if one out, if they were, you know, they go into that game 12 and 0 against Georgia, if that Georgia game happens in the SEC title game in Atlanta, if that game happens, if Alabama goes into that game 12 and 0, Georgia goes into that game 12 and 0, the loser of that game pretty much all they need to do is just kind of just hang close. <laughs> Unless something crazy happened and, you know, all those teams. You know, I mean, obviously Iowa and Michigan State and Michigan, Ohio State, all of that's going to work itself out. I, I I just don't think two of those teams are going to be undefeated. I don't think, well, obviously there's no way both of, two of those teams are going to be undefeated, right? 
So all you know, there was no way you know, one loss Alabama or one loss Georgia was going to be left out of the college playoff. So that takes that margin of error away from Alabama. So they they don't have the margin for error anymore, but they still control their own destiny. So, you know, the A&M loss hurts a lot, but, you know, this is a team that, you know, there was, you know, we saw some discipline problems as far as, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're missing assignments defensively, being out of position defensively. A uh, lot, lot of stuff going on, especially on in at the second and third levels of that defense, the linebackers and secondary, a lot of problems. And then you add to that now the lack of a pass rush. They got no pass rush against A and M on Saturday night. That was that turned out to be the, the killer for Alabama in the fourth quarter when they could not, they just could not get off the field against A and M. So. You know, look, Alabama's got a long way to go to be talking about running the table from here on out. They got a long way to go. The way they played Saturday night, it's likely they'll, they'll, they could lose again. But I think this is a game that, you know, could get them to focus in. I think he was talking about a lot of a lot of young guys on that football team, even though, yes, they played. There were a lot of them that got some playing time last year. Now those guys are kind of, the, you know, they looked at it as being the leaders and I don't think we've seen that leader really step up yet I mean you look at last year's team Alabama was laden I mean they were stockpiled with seniors and uh, fifth years seniors and all of that they don't really have a lot of that this year they have a few Brian Robinson obviously is one but and you know Brian Robinson has been the, the subject of a lot of talk amongst Alabama fans that he didn't get the ball enough the other night. Even though he carried it 24 times, he had 140-something yards rushing, they would have liked to have seen him get the ball a couple more times, especially in a couple goal line situations. He didn't get it. So, you know, you look at this Alabama team compared to last season. I mean, it, it was that was a perfect storm last season, man. You're talking about, the, you know, covid uh, no one really having spring camp and all of that. The team that had experience like that had a huge advantage, had a distinct advantage going into that season because they, you know, those teams that had the experience obviously didn't need as much training or whatever. I mean, now the kind of the things kind of leveled off this year, and now Alabama is the team that has a little bit more youth than some of the other teams that you're looking at. And I think it caught up with them. This team has not been focused. I think that's what you saw a lot of in the in the Florida game. Uh, missed assignments, blown assignments, missed tackles. Being, you know, players out of position. You saw that again against Texas A&M the other night. And you look at Texas A&M. I mean, if you're an A&M fan, <laughs> if you're Jumbo Fisher, you got to be sitting there looking like, man, we finally do it. Okay, we haven't beaten Alabama in eight tries. We haven't beaten Alabama since Johnny Menzel, since we entered the league in 2012. Our first year in the league, we haven't beaten Alabama since then. We've lost eight straight to them. We finally get them. We finally beat them. But we're in a position now where we're going to need a lot of help 
just to possibly possibly make it to the SEC title game. And even if you make it now, you've got two losses. You don't have a really good shot of making the playoff. I mean, you got a shot, possibly. Because, I mean, look, this could be one of those seasons. This could be that season where a two-loss team breaks in there. And obviously, if that happens, Texas A&M has a leg up on just about everybody. So, with that win that they got Saturday night. But the chances of that happening just aren't that good right now. So, you're sitting there A&M like, man, we got them. We got them. And you look up. <laughs> and you're still looking up at in the standings. You're still looking up at Alabama because of that loss. Really, the Arkansas loss is explainable. The loss at home to Mississippi State is less explainable. So you gotta, you know, if you're an A&M fan, you gotta be like, "Damn, <laughs> long way to go. Long way. It's a long season to go." Arkansas got their um, second loss in the conference the other day. Ole Miss still only has one loss, but hey, A&M has to play Ole Miss, so it's possibility. Look, they own, they control their own destiny as far as getting to Atlanta. A&M controls their own destiny. Uh, Ole Miss does not control their own destiny because of the loss to Alabama. Alabama controls its own destiny because A&M has two losses. So, man, it's a lot to shake out. And it's, and it's being, you know, increasingly likely that the team is going to be Georgia. Although a team in Lexington, Kentucky, that team that wears blue and white might have something to say about it. We're going to talk deeply, a little bit deeper about that game a little bit later, like I said. But, you know, just kind of getting back to Alabama just a little bit. I, you know, again, I just think this team, you know, we, we've heard that rat poison phrase thrown around by Nick Saban and a lot of people started throwing it around across the country and all of that. I think this team fell victim of it. I really do. That's not that's not an excuse. And that's not to say that A&M didn't deserve to win that game. They absolutely deserved to win the game. They outplayed Alabama. In a lot of ways, they outcoached Alabama. But Alabama, you know, look, this is a Crimson Tide team, man, that needs, you know, they've got to kind of pick it up. They've got to pick it up defensively especially. Offensively, I don't see the problem. I mean, yes, there you know could, there were some chances where if maybe they run the football, especially down inside the goal line, yes, Alabama uh, probably should have ran the ball. Other than that, you know, we got a lot of crazy fans that wear crimson and white. They call themselves fans anyway. And if they had their way, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and Pete Golding, the defensive coordinator, Probably probably would have been left in College Station the other night. They would be fired. Would have been fired on the spot. <laughs> and then that's that's how crazy this fan base is. The same team. It's the same squad that had just won 19 games in a row. Just had that that record broken. Oh, by the way, we have to get into that as well. I mean, that was a record breaking or record stopping. I guess performance the other night I mean you know you sit there you're talking about 19 in a row they, the last time Alabama lost the game was Auburn in 2019 the game that Mac Jones threw two uh, pick sixes 
They beat Michigan in the bowl game after that, and of course they won 13 in a row last year, and they, they won their first five this year. So that that streak is gone. The 24 straight wins um, and no losses for Nick Saban over his assistants, that streak is gone. Really for me, and I'm going to ask this question, and I'm going to put it on Twitter for you guys to answer. I, I really want to know what you guys think. Which of these streaks that's ended, that ended Saturday night, which one is the most impressive? For me, the most impressive was the 100 consecutive wins against unranked unranked opponents. I mean, 100. They had, Alabama had not lost a game to an unranked opponent since the Louisiana Monroe game in Nick Saban's first year at Alabama, 2007. And, and, and if you really sit there and think about it, we're talking about A&M. That was a top five team to start the season. It's kind of <laughs> kind of unfair to lose it like that. But uh, that record was gone. And actually, it was 106 straight if you're talking about AP-ranked teams. This insane numbers. Insane. I mean, just, just ridiculous when you sit there and start to think about it. And then uh, yeah, I think it was something like 80 games straight where Alabama was was a 10 point favorite or more. That Alabama, you know, if they won the game straight up, that they um, something like that. That that's, that streak was snapped as well. So just crazy stuff, man. And and so you got all the fans and everyone talking about the offense, and we talking about firing Bill O'Brien, and this was dude Bill O'Brien that's in his first season, and he's basically took the. He didn't bring his offense. He He's picking up the offense that Sark left behind, that Sark and Lane Kiffin and those guys left behind. And I guess he's throwing his own wrinkles in it, but, you know, he's kind of having to adjust to that. And we're seeing people talk about, well, this is the same Bill O'Brien that traded DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips. I mean, I've seen I, – if I had a dollar <laughs> – for the number of times I've seen that quote on Twitter here the last couple of days, I'd be rich. Uh, now those people are talking, oh, Nick Saban's judgment for hiring a guy that traded DeAndre Hopkins, which obviously was one of the dumbest trades in NFL history. Nobody, No one's disputing that. But being a general manager in the NFL is a lot different than being an offensive coordinator in college. Okay. Then they're just not the same, and so you know. Look, I think Bill O'Brien's a good offensive coordinator. I thought he was a good quarterbacks coach, um, and he he had really I thought really did a good job with Penn State for the couple of years that he coached after the Sandusky and Joe Paterno thing came down. He was the guy that got that job after that, and I thought he was a nice stopgap between now you know. Uh, and and when uh, James Franklin came in to take that job after that, Penn State really didn't miss a beat, and a lot of credit I think goes to Bill O'Brien for that. So and then you know, so look, I mean, look, Alabama fans are wanting to fire the defensive coordinator. They want to fire the offensive coordinator <laughs> over one loss. It's basically their third loss in the last three years or two and a half years. <laughs> Amazing. You sandwich that around a thirteen and season and where where they went ten and oh in the SEC. 
but everybody wants to fire everybody. <laughs> Just not quite that serious. Yeah. So anyway, you know, that's my Alabama report. I'm going to do go a little bit more in depth about Alabama uh, from now on on the show. I live right here in Birmingham, Alabama. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of the Crimson Tide. I have been as long as I can remember, you know, but I look at them object- objectively as I possibly can. And I think, look, I mean, this is a team I, I, I could not see going undefeated again, and they they have not. And again, if they don't get things straightened out, there are a couple more games that they could lose. Look at, I mean, look here at Mississippi State. This is a team that can throw the football. They may not be able to run it, but they can throw it. Tennessee, look at what they've done the last couple of weeks. That game has all of a sudden gotten a little more interesting. Then you look up, you got to play Arkansas, you still got to go to Auburn. Those are four pretty tough games. You notice the game that I did not mention in that? (laughs) Alabama has five conference games left. The one that I left out was LSU. That tells you everything you need to know about what's going on in Baton Rouge. And with it, it Orgeron, that whole thing, they were manhandled against the Kentucky Wildcats last week. Crazy stuff going on in the SEC, man. Insane. So we're going to get back into the SEC a little bit later. We're going to take a break right now. We're going to get into the NFL. I know that was a long segment, you know, talking about Alabama, talking about some of the other things that we did not talk about with me being absent last week. We're going to get back into the college ranks a little bit later. We're going to talk some HBCUs. What in the hell? Alabama A&M, 61 points given up to Coach Prime, Shadur Sanders, and the Jackson State Tigers. They win. They go in and spoil A&M's homecoming 61-15. You know we're going to get into that. (laughs) Crazy. We know we're going to get into that game which obviously was the premier HBCU game of the weekend. We'll get into that. But next up, we're going to get into the NFL, the Tennessee Titans. After that, you know, weird loss last week to the Jets, they come back with a vengeance and have a pretty good win against, uh, you know, what I think is at least a Jacksonville Jaguars team that leaves it on the field. Those guys play hard. They have left it on the field. There's no question about that. Good win for Tennessee. We'll get into the Saints. They had a huge win over the weekend. The Falcons. A lot better weekend for the Southern teams than it was last week. We'll get into the NFL when Ball About the South continues. Sweet 
All right, y'all, we're back. You were just listening to Mary J. Blige. That was the queen of hip-hop soul. One of my favorites, man. Uh, probably my favorite female artist. You know, uh, I'd have to put her at the top. And she's one of my favorite artists, period. I mean, the girl can throw down. I thought it would be a good thing to, you know, kind of feature, you know, Mary and, and Dr. Dre. We got a little bit of him and Snoop coming up. And um, my next break, and then Eminem and Kendrick Lamar, all of those, all of those fantastic artists are going to be part of the Super Bowl halftime show. So I just thought it'd be a good thing to do. And uh, since they made that announcement, you know, it was about, about 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 a week and a half ago or so, something like that. So I just thought it'd be a good thing. My, some of my favorite tracks from all of those. Um, man, you know, truly great artists. I cannot wait for that. I mean, I think that's going to be a super Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, probably going to be one of the greatest of all time. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to kind of pay a little tribute to all of those that are going to take part in that halftime show uh, at the Super Bowl. At any rate, man, we talked a little Alabama the last segment. We talked, you know, kind of in general about some of the college football happenings. We'll get back into college football, specifically the SEC. HBCUs and all that in my next segment, but right now we're gonna get to the NFL. And uh, what a week! What a couple, you know, past couple of weeks it has been for the Tennessee Titans since we joined you last last week. They sat there and laid a complete egg up there in New, in New York, losing to the New York Jets, you know, in, in dramatic fashion. <laughs> they get uh they get get that game to go into overtime with a late touchdown there. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill gets them to get downfield and uh they tied the game up but they weren't able to uh do anything in overtime. The Jets were able to uh take advantage of that and win the football game last weekend that sent the Titans to two and two and you know, it was a thing where, you know, really the Titans could have really taken control of the division if they had won that game or at least, you know, kind of kept control of it because the, the Indianapolis Colts went and won. They went to, and beat Miami last week. And after all that had been done, you know, Indianapolis going through their, uh, you know, Carson Wentz going through some injuries with them. And, you know, they had lost their first three games. The Titans uh you know had some things going on in week 1 against the Arizona Cardinals which that's not looking all that <laughs> that's not looking all that crazy anymore that's not i mean everybody was kind of surprised by that game in week 1 no one is surprised by what the Arizona Cardinals are doing did in week 1 now everybody is you know i think kind of looking wide-eyed at the Cardinals and looking at Okay, how far can this dude, you know, how far can Kyler Murray and these Cardinals go? I mean, can Kyler Murray win the MVP? Can these 5-0 and Cardinals now, can they, how far can they go, man? Could they win the NFC West after all this? You know, they, I mean, they sat there and blew out the Rams last week. So, the Titans, you know, losing game one looked pretty bad. Then they came back, they were able to win in Seattle. And, of course, they came and um, beat Indianapolis in week three, which was obviously a good thing. So it looked like they really had, a, you know, they had taken control of the division 
And then they go up and they, you know, Julio Jones doesn't play last week. A.J. Brown doesn't play. They sit there and they lose to the New York Jets. You know, so they needed a a big-time comeback this week, and they did. They got it against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, if they had lost that game, I don't know what to say. (laughs) But they, they did what they had to do. And then you know, and then that's then that's, look, that's that's all that really matters. The Titans come away with the uh, huge win, thirty-seven nineteen. They go now to three and two, and now with the Monday night, with that Monday night kind of, uh, I guess you call it an implosion by the uh, Indianapolis Colts defense. Once up twenty-two to three in that game against the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is about Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore ball club, man. But these boys are never out of the game. <laughs> They're never out of it. And, you know, everybody keeps saying that Lamar Jackson can't throw. <laughs> you can't tell Indianapolis that right now. You cannot tell anybody with the horseshoe on their helmet anything like that the Indianapolis Colts blow that game Monday night 22 you know up 22 to 3 they end up losing the game in overtime insane just an insane game they lose it 31 25 uh man I I don't know what where to begin with that one you know talking about the Colts because you know I think you I think you had everything going your way. You had Carson Wentz looking like, you know, he 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 looked a lot fresher. He looked a lot healthier than he did the last couple of weeks. So maybe those, you know, he's starting to heal those injuries that he was going through um, the first couple of weeks of the season and everything. And all of a sudden, man, it just it just got away from him. <laughs> Sixteen points in the fourth quarter by the Ravens. And, of course, like I said, the touchdown to put the game away, 31-25. So, even though the Titans, you know, probably could be, probably should be 4-1 right now. You know, they really should be. There's no way you should lose to the Jets. They're still in pretty decent shape now, you know, that Indianapolis blew that game. They're still up right now two games, two full games. They're 3-2, and two, the Colts are 1-4. Uh, so they're up two full games in the division, and of course they're up the tie break, just in case they need that later in the season. And you know, look, you know, we look at, uh, you know, how the Titans were able to get it done. Derrick Henry doing his thing again. I mean, you know, over 100 yards, 130 yards on 29 carries, three more TDs. Thank, I sure appreciate it, Derrick. I mean, you're on my my fantasy team again. I've had him for like the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I keep you know going to that's money in the bank for me right now, and uh, you know he's he's catching the ball out of the backfield as well. He's doing that a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for doing. Um, just you know, just overall, just doing man, just putting it down, putting it down, leading the league and rushing again right now. Uh, hopefully that doesn't change. Uh, you know, Ryan Townhill, 14 or 22, 197 yards. He did throw a touchdown in that game. You know, but, you know, not a lot going on in the passing game, but they really didn't need it. Yeah, you know, they really did not need 
much else going on. But the 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 one alarming thing though, and this it continues to be is this defense. The defense is not where you need it to be. And then, you know, we saw the Jets even have a lot of success two weeks ago. And even though the Jaguars in the sc- only scored 19 points the other day, you look up, they outgained the Titans by almost 100 yards, 454 to 368. They had 256 yards passing, 198 yards, 198, almost 200 yards rushing. James Robinson, their uh, their main guy, 18 attempts, 149 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Uh, whatever's going on with this defense, man, we know that we knew coming in that the defense would be the weak point. We did not. I didn't expect it to be against the Jaguars and the Jets. <laughs> okay. You know, I, 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 that I did not expect. And that's something that's got to get fixed. I mean, it just does. I mean, there's no way. And, you know, Jax had, you know, a couple crucial turnovers there. If they didn't have those turnovers, maybe this game was a little bit different. You know, um, I tell you, you know, and, and just speaking on the Jaguars real quick, we know about the controversy. Urban Meyer, they are there at the bar or whatever, you know, and getting this feel on and everything. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I just, I have to give it to them though. The, the Jaguars are fighting. I mean, this is this is not a team that looks like they've just, you know, thrown they've thrown in the towel at all. I mean, they sat there. The Bengals, they they had a chance to beat the Bengals last Thursday night. They, uh, you know, they hung tough with the Titans for much of this game this uh, this past Sunday. Uh, the Jaguars are playing; uh, they're, they're giving effort. You can't, you know, I mean, there's no way you can dispute that. They're just coming up short because, pretty much, I mean, look, they they they're short of talent to just about everybody else in the league, and that's what it's boiling down to. You know, you you know, Trevor Lawrence is still. You know, at times looking like a rookie, but look, 23 or 33 the other day, 273 yards. He had a touchdown on a pick. You can see him kind of getting acclimated to everything a little bit more every week. And he's starting, you know, it's starting to show he's making less mistakes and he's making bigger plays with his arm and with his legs. So, you know, uh, look, I mean, I, I, I'm not, there's not much more. And I keep seeing, you know, about, oh, well, Urban Meyer's going to get fired. That was never one of the things I really ever looked at. I never thought about Urban Meyer being fired by Jacksonville. Because I'm not, you know, unless Jacksonville, unless the Jaguars front office and, you know, the powers to be were sitting there thinking, oh, well, you know, we've got a team that can maybe fight for a playoff spot or, a team that's going to win eight or nine games or something like that. I, you know, I don't. Surely they didn't think that. I mean, this is this team is what it is. This is a team that was probably going to win maybe five games at max, if that. And now you're looking at a team that's probably going to win two or three. But that's what they were supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, you know, rookie quarterback, a lot of youth um, in the defense, all of those things. 
pretty much add up to a team that's not going to do well in the standings. It's gonna, it adds up to a team that's going to be drafting really early next year. So, you know, why would you fire Urban Meyer? My, you know, my thing was always about Urban Meyer, you know, getting into this thing and they go like right now they're 0-5. And then, he'll, you know, he starts asking himself, what am I really doing this for? Do I, you know, am I patient enough to let this thing develop? Because I'm going to need a couple, I'm going to need at least a couple more years before I can really sit here and get this team where I can, you know, to any kind of semblance of being a contender or anything. It's going to be a couple years down the road. So, you know, that's the reason I would say maybe Urban Meyer says, look, you know, uh, this is just not for me. Never did I think that the Jaguars would sit there and fire because if and you know, you ask me. I think you have to like where this team is right now. Besides their record, I mean, this they they are fighting. I mean, they're fighting. They just they just don't have the talent. They don't have the talent. They don't have the. Um, I don't think they have the cohesiveness, the the uh, experience. You know. But they have a lot of fight. And, uh, look, I mean, Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they're sitting there 3-2 and two right now because their field goal kicker couldn't kick a field goal. Of course, Green Bay's couldn't either. Mason Crosby. <laughs> that was crazy. What was it, about five, six straight field goals missing at the end of that game? Finally, Mason Crosby hits one to win it in overtime for Green Bay against the Cincinnati Bengals. But just ask the Bengals what type of fight this Jaguars team is giving. Last Thursday night, that turned into a, you know turned out to be a pretty good game. Really, the only thing that was really appealing about it was the fact that the last two number one overall picks were playing against each other: Joe Burrow for the Bengals, Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. That was really the the, the biggest appeal for that game. But it turned out to be a good football game because the Jaguars came to play. So the effort is there. They just don't have the talent. Um, anyway, the Titans do get the victory. Again, the, the struggle is on, though, right now, defensively especially. I, I just don't know how far this team can go with this defense like that. And then you sit there and you look up. You think, okay, maybe the schedule will get a little bit easier. And then you look up, it's Monday night football next week. And it's the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> the same Buffalo Bills that just came off of blowing out the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs are another discussion for another day. Not really sure what's going on there. The defense is, is uh, you know, the defense is Swiss cheese. There are holes everywhere. And and you sit there and you look at the offense. Now all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes, you know, not looking, not looking like the MVP that everybody thought that he could be again this year. This year, not not a good look right now in Kansas City. I'm not really sure what it's going to take. I think you know, I think there are a lot of things going on. I think they're deficient in some areas defensively. 
and it seems like they have kind of have an attitude that oh well we can kind of turn this thing on we can flip a switch whenever we want to it's not a good combination as they sit there two and three in last place in the AFC West all everybody else in that division is playing pretty well uh the Chargers obviously you know huge wins by them the last couple of weeks uh one over the Raiders and then the other day in that crazy crazy game that they won over Cleveland but you know you then you sit there and you look at even you know Denver the Broncos are definitely uh very competitive right now and then you look at the Oakland. I'm sorry, man. There I go, the Oakland. I, I, I said it before I could. <laughs> I realized it before I said it fully. The Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, they're sitting there at three and two right now, coming off of that loss um, against the Chicago Bears at home the other day. And you wondered how they were going to kind of take to this thing with this John Gruden thing. John Gruden is no longer the coach. In Las Vegas, he is uh, he resigned, if you want to call it that. I, I would call it forcefully resigned. <laughs> you know, or you know, maybe they should have just said they came to a mutual agreement. Doesn't matter. There was no way he could stay amidst all of that that came out about him with those emails, the racist sexual tones in them. Sex. I'm sorry, sexist tones and those emails and all of that there was no way the, the Las Vegas Raiders could keep him as a head coach you you have to save face for your for your uh, organization or try to anyway and um, and now John Gruden is out not sure what direction they're going to go for their next head coach it's going to be interesting and, and you know you just have to start wondering what in the world is going when is it going to get you know when 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 are the, when are the Raiders going to catch a break? They start off pretty good last year. They have some injuries. You know, Derek Carr has seen his injuries um, mount up in the last couple of seasons. Things look up again this year. You start off get off to a good start, and now this comes up. So I, I you know I don't know. I'm not really sure how the Raiders are going to play this, but it's not a good look. And you know, look, I, again, I try not to politicize this this uh, podcast very much, but, you know, John Gruden had to go. Okay, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about, well, it was 10 years ago and all of that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it was 10 years ago. Because he's 58 now. He was 48 then. Okay, I mean, I, it might be different if we were talking about him being 25 now and he was 15 then, or 30 now and he was 20 then. I mean, this dude knows what he was saying. He knew the ramifications of it if those emails got out. It, you know, it's just time. I mean, look, you just can't say everything you want to say all the time. You can't do it. I mean, and, you know, if. And there are just consequences for doing that. And now, you know, he's no longer the coach of the Raiders. He's his name is out of the ring of the ring of honors or the Hall of Fame or whatever with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a mess for him right now. And 
Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, he put himself in that position. So, at any rate, we'll see how the Raiders respond to that. They did not respond very well Sunday afternoon against the Bears. I'm not really – obviously, something like that has to kind of, you know, you know, be a cloud over a team trying to, you know, uh, trying to win a football game, basically. There has to be a little bit of a cloud. You, 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 I know these are professionals; they're adults, but you have to come. You know, things like that. You don't just wipe them out and just go out there and play your game without, you know, without it being a cloud over you a little bit. So I think that's kind of what happened. The Bears came away with a huge victory, and now the Raiders are, you know, trying to salvage their season right now. So yeah, but anyway, man, you know, the AFC. Really looking crazy. The Bills right now are looking like the team to beat in the AFC, and they'll come to Nashville next Monday night. Tennessee has got a lot defensively to get together. Offensively, they, they got a lot to look at, too. So, anyway, we'll see how that rolls. Uh, the rest of the NFC, the, the New Orleans Saints, they come away with a huge win after that. Man, that's just crazy loss last week against the Giants. I could not believe that happened on the day that they they re-entered the Dome. They hadn't played at home all year. You know, they played the game, the first game in Jacksonville and all of that. You know, that was a shocking loss, <laughs> to say the least. But they come back this weekend. They go to, to Washington, play WFT. I love saying that for whatever reason. I don't know the, the football team. And uh, they look, they got a good win, 33-22. I don't know what's going on, you know, just aside from the Saints in this game. What in the world is up with the Washington defense? I, You know, I, I picked them as my defense and, and fantasy team that I have. And, man, I, I, put, I tell you what, I, I have replaced them. <laughs> they have given up 43 points. To Buffalo, 30 last week to the Falcons, and 33 more to the Saints this week, this past weekend. That is not the Washington defense that I thought we'd see. And the Saints were able to um, do enough. Again, the Saints defensively stepping up pretty good again. They have, you know, they have carried this team so far. And so, and finally, you know, look, the, the Saints say, look, you know, the offense, hey, we're going to, we're going to, um, reward the, we're gonna reward you guys you know you guys have been carrying us we're gonna go out and we'll win a game for y'all they go out and score 33 points and come away with a nice victory so the saints now uh sit three and two and really what is turning out to be a pretty competitive uh nfc south of course tampa bay buccaneers keep rolling <laughs> what else is new the Panthers, they blew that game against the Eagles the other day. Jalen Hurts scoring that late touchdown. Panthers have lost their last two without Christian McCaffrey. That is something to watch. You know, just it was looking like the Panthers could be a surprise team and maybe could hang in there with the Buccaneers. You know, they've lost a couple in a row. And then, of course, the Falcons going over the pond, over to London, winning that game 27-20. to uh, I did, you know, I did not wake up early enough to watch any of that game, but I have seen the game on Game Pass. They end up beating the Jets twenty-seven twenty. Good game overall, right there. Uh, you know, doing what they had to do. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, thirty-three forty-five, two touchdowns. 
Kyle Pitts having his biggest um, Sunday so far in his uh, rookie career, in his rookie year. Nine receptions, 119 yards and a touchdown. They got it done. Good stuff, man. 450 total yards, total offense from the Falcons. So the Falcons go to two and three. Again, the Saints and the Panthers are sitting there three and two. And the Buccaneers are along atop the NFC South at four and one. So, man, a lot of good stuff, man. And, uh, and with the teams that are basically here in, in uh, our southern geographic part of the region, man, just really good games. Looking for better games next week. I mean, some well, some really good games next week anyway. Again, I t- we talked uh, briefly about the Titans and the Bills. That's the Monday night game. Tomorrow night, the Buccaneers travel to Philadelphia. So we've seen Mac Jones get a shot at at, at uh, TB12. Now it's Jalen Hurts getting a shot at TB12 in Philadelphia. We'll see how that rolls. Uh, the Eagles, man, that they're looking pretty decent. I think that could be a pretty close game on Thursday night. Um, yeah, so, you know, the Panthers host the Vikings this weekend. So, yeah, well, a lot of good action. Next week, actually this week, the Falcons and the Saints are on their bye week. So, uh, nothing to, you know, talk about really with them. They'll get their rest in and get ready for the um, – for week eight week seven's coming up we just got done with week six we're gonna get into talking about week six in the college ranks and then we'll kind of you know look ahead as well to week seven in the college ranks as well we'll talk some sec we'll talk some hbcus game balls i haven't forgot about that we're gonna do the game balls sec nfl hbcus we'll do all of that when episode six of Ball About the South continues. One, two, three into the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble Ain't nothing but a G-Bang, baby Too low depth, going crazy Death Row is the label that pays me Unfatable, so please don't try to fake it But uh, back to the lecture at hand Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand from a young G's perspective And before me digger the bitch I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning her man Now you know I ain't with that lieutenant Ain't no good enough to get burned while I'm offended And that's realer than real deal Holy feel And now you know how I feel Well if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff It's like this and like that and like this Santa It's like that and like this and like that Anna It's like this and like that and like this Santa Drake creep to the mic like a fan Well I'm beeping and I'm creeping and I'm creeping But I think I count Cause my beeper kept beeping Now it's time for me to make my impression felt So sit back, relax and strap on your seatbelt You've never been on a ride like this before With a producer who can rap it Control the maestro at the same time with the dope rhyme that I kick. You know, and I know I flow some old funky. 
to add to my collection This selection symbolizes dope Take a tote but don't choke If you do, you have no clue Of what me and my homie Snoop Dogg came to do It's like this and like that and like this And uh, it's like that and like this and like that And uh, it's like this And who gives a f*** about those? So just chill to the next episode What a hell of a gangster lean Getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens It's the capital S-O-S, I'm fresh and double O-P D-O-double-G-Y-D-O-double-G, you see Showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic Pimping and clocking a grip like my name was Dolomite Yeah, and it don't quit I think they in the mood for some So right What up, dog? Gotta give them what they want What's that, G? We gotta break them off something yeah. And it's gotta be bumping City of Compton It's where it takes place So when that show attention Mobbing like a But I ain't lynching Dropping a pokey That's making a sucker It's mumble When I'm on the mic It's like a cookie They all crumble Try to Alright y'all We're back Ball about the South Moves on And that was nothing But a G thing Dr. Dre Snoop Man what an album that was One of my favorites Of all time you know, I have to put that one easily top five, top ten when I sit there and really start. You know, I'm going to have to really start and kind of look at it and really think about it. But it's got to be up there. Dr. Dre put that one down. You know, of course, with him introducing the world to Snoop in that album. Dude, I mean, that, that I mean, the, the album, just, it still pops. That song is still on point. No question about it. And, you know, that was the clean version. You know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, Dr. Dre and Snoop, one of the classic songs, one of the classic albums of all time in hip-hop. No question about that. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get back into the college ranks. Let's be- Some of those other games, we talked extensively about Alabama. Talked about uh, their problems defensively. A lot of people won uh, the defensive coordinator Pete Golding to be fired and all of that. Talked about their perceived problems offensively. Everybody, a lot of people won Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Telling Nick Nick Saban that they should just leave him in College Station. That's what they should have done with him. You know, I mean, look, I, 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 can't, I can't prescribe, subscribe to any of that thinking. On either, you know, either way. Obviously, there's a lot of work to be done, but I'm definitely not going that far with what's going on at Alabama. Which, because, I mean, you sit there and you think about what's going on at Alabama. It is nothing to compare what's going on in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ed Orgeron, I mean, we've talked about him. Talked about him a lot in other episodes, earlier episodes. And it's, it just, it's, gone, it's going from bad to worse and it's doing so really quickly right now. Uh, the, you know, LSU basically got blown out at the hands of Kentucky last weekend, uh, 42-21. That game really wasn't that close. I mean, it just wasn't. At one time, it was 35-7, and <laughs> Twitter was on fire. That's all I can tell you. It was on fire about LSU, about Ed Orgeron, and... Uh, I, I, look, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure how you know what to say about it. 
I mean, because when you sit there and you start looking at the statistics, man, the stats don't lie at all. 330 yards rushing for the Kentucky Wildcats, who are now 6-0. and Let me go, let me say that one more time. 330 yards rushing. They didn't have to throw the ball. I mean, we've been talking about, at least I have. And I don't think I'm alone in this. We've been talking about Kentucky being able to throw the football a little bit better to, you know, give them some balance to help out that run game. Well, you know, I, you know, we talked about that quite a lot. They didn't need passing game Saturday night. They only had 145 yards. They just straight ran it down LSU's throat, and LSU could do nothing about it. After the game, Ed Orgeron in this uh, in his presser. Basically saying he was a little bit, you know, he wasn't, he knew how good they were, but it just kind of made it sound like he didn't know they were that good. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I I think, Ed, though, I think when you really look at it, I think, yes, Kentucky's that good. But I think in a lot of ways your defense is that bad. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it. And I just, you know, again, if we go on with this season, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not really sure how how it gets better for the Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, the, the, I mean, their season, man, look. I mean, they've yet to play Ole Miss. They've yet to play Alabama. They've yet to play, um, oh, they played Auburn. So they've yet to play Texas A&M. Right now, I would favor in those three games. I'm favoring the other team. So that's you know that would be six losses right there. They're three and three. That would just barely be making uh, a bowl game. Just barely being bowl eligible if that stayed. You know if that record stayed, you know came to pass. Um, and also Arkansas can't forget about them. So. And, and and Florida, which comes up this weekend, eleven o'clock game. Uh, they have that game at home in Baton Rouge. I mean, I, I, I I'm not really sure. I I can't say. I mean, it would not surprise me if LSU was able to get it together and win that game. But right now, I'd have to favor Florida. I mean, all five of those games. I think you favor the other team right now, at least right now today. Things can change. And that would be eight losses. So, uh, you know, look, after going uh, four and six, was it last year? Or was it five and five? They, you know, just follow that up with anything, I'd say anything south of eight and four. Is is gonna be? Um, it's not gonna be good for Ed Orgeron. That's just kind of how I see it right now, and I think I don't think anybody would argue with me on that one. It's not a good look right now. So uh, yeah, LSU is in deep trouble to say the least. Speaking of the Ole Miss Rebels, what a crazy, insane game that was! Florida Gators, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the Ole Miss Rebels. 
52-51 winners over Arkansas. I picked Ole Miss in that football game. I thought they would uh, win it. I I thought the game would kind of play out in the 30s. I knew there would be some, be a lot of points scored, maybe uh, low 40s, which you know for me, it, you know, I didn't I did not think Arkansas. Uh, even though, again, we're talking about against an Ole Miss defense. You know, obviously, I, you know, I feel like Arkansas could have some success against them. Don't get me wrong. I thought uh, the higher the score, the better, you know, the better chance for Ole Miss to win. And right now, obviously, the only reason Ole Miss won the game is because Sam Pittman decided to go for two there and escape overtime. And it didn't work out. If it was me, if I, you know, I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I understand that maybe Sam Pittman, you know, if he had to do it over again, maybe he goes on and kicks the extra point. Me, myself, I would have kicked the extra point. Unless I just, you know, unless I just knew I had a play that I just, you know, I knew was was a sure thing that was going to get me back in the end zone. Other than that, Against a, a defense like Ole Miss, I, I think I take my chances in overtime. I just really do. I mean, I I don't think there was any massive um, momentum swing there. Both teams were scoring, going up and down the field. I think I take my chances in overtime. I just really do. Again, that's you know I'm not coming down on Sam Pittman for doing that. It's just one of those things that happens. This dude is still doing. A magnificent job, in my opinion, he still should be uh, definitely looked at as one, of, you know, a candidate for Coach of the Year again. Despite the loss, the, the Hogs are sitting there three and two right now, four and two. I'm sorry. So, you know, I, look, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just sitting there looking at it, you know, with it being Ole Miss. Their their defense, man. That defense, yeah. I, I I give my, I go ahead and kick the extra point, and I give my boys another chance in overtime. And again, that's just me. So unbelievable game. Ole Miss goes to uh, five and or goes to four and one. They had a bye week already, so they have not played but five games. They go ahead and win that game, and now, um, you know, they're sitting, you know, pretty decent. They have the loss to Alabama, so obviously they do not control their own destiny right now. But Ole Miss is right there. And, they, you know, look, what can you say? I mean, you know, look, that's if you're Ole Miss right now, that's all you can ask. You you didn't expect necessarily. I think a lot, I think a lot of Ole Miss fans thought that they would beat Alabama. But, I mean, truth be told, for real, for real, you know you more than likely Alabama was going to win that game. So, I mean, look, you, you you have a loss. This is where you should be. This is where Ole Miss should be, in my opinion. And so, look, you know, now you just hope for Alabama to lose one or something like that, and you just keep doing what you got to do. And that, I mean, that's basically the best advice that you can give Ole Miss right now. And that game this week turns into the Big Orange. <laughs> In Knoxville, six thirty game, SEC Network. I mean, I, 
will there be enough lights on the scoreboard for this game? So they just got done with this 52-51 game against Arkansas, and now they go to face a team that's averaging 53.5 points the last two weeks. <laughs> the 4-2 Volunteers. Crazy. I mean, this game is going to be insane. I mean, you know, it's opposite of the Alabama game. Alabama plays Mississippi State at 6 o'clock on ESPN. So, you know, I'm not really sure how many people are going to tune in to this game initially. Obviously, I think there are going to be a lot of people to see what Alabama comes up with after their first loss in, you know, two years or whatever. Man, I mean, it's crazy. Hendon Hooker has been unbelievable for Tennessee the last couple of weeks. This dude has come off the bench, and, uh, I mean, he has taken that job. He has taken a stranglehold on that starting QB job. Josh Heupel, he has got the excitement level. You know it is at a fever pitch right now on Rocket Top. We talked about it just you know, a little while ago at the start of the show. I'm telling you, man, if, if Tennessee wins this game and goes to 5-2, and two, I'm telling you, you're going to see that that is going to be the most excited that fan base has ever been. Well, not ever been, but it's going to be the the most excited that they've been in a long time going into an Alabama game. A long time. So, I I mean, look, that is going to be crazy. Crazy game, but they've got to beat Ole Miss first. I really don't know what to say on that game. I can't call it. I can't call that game right now. I'm going to have to really sit there and think about it. I'll come up with a pick. We'll see what happens. That's all I can say. So, yeah, that, that game is going to be incredible, man. Another game, you know, you look at Auburn, that huge loss to Georgia. Nothing surprising about that. You know, look, our, you know, the, the Tigers just aren't um, – you know they're void of playmakers. This is, I mean, this is basically getting back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago and firing the wide receivers coach and um, even though they had benched Bo Nix and everything in, in the um in the Georgia State game, and then he comes up, he comes up and he makes some plays there that you was just not. You know, would not believe that Bo Nix is making this all out of the blue. But he came back down to earth again this week against a good, a really, a really good defense. I mean, this Auburn's this Auburn offense right now is a mess. Besides their running game, Tank Bixby and company, that run game is still strong. Just not against a team like Georgia. And that's not going to be able to carry Bo Nix like that. They just can't. Bo Nix has got to make plays in big spots like that, and, and so far, he's just been able to, unable to do it. There's, I mean, there's a reason he was making those plays against LSU. Part of it was him. The majority part of it was the LSU defense or lack thereof. So, you know, they get. Uh, game at Arkansas this coming weekend. That's an 11 o'clock game. I think that's going to be on ESPN right out of game day. 
it's hard for me seeing Auburn winning that game. I mean, it's very difficult. It wouldn't shock me because you would think overall, even though with the strides that Sam Pittman has made with this Arkansas football team, you would think still overall, 1 through 85, the Auburn team probably has a little bit more talent than Arkansas. That's you know that's what I would think anyway. So we'll see how it rolls. Uh, so yeah, they, you know, we got Ole Miss, Tennessee coming up this weekend. Again, like I said, Auburn at Arkansas, number twenty, the Florida Gators four and two. We hadn't talked about them. They had a huge win over Vanderbilt, forty-two to nothing. And then really the big one of the weekend, Kentucky at Georgia. Six and old Wildcats between the hedges against number one Georgia. That is a two thirty kick. That is a CBS game. The dogs come in a twenty one and a half point favorite. Man, I mean, I look, I, I, I just don't see Kentucky having enough offense with, to pull this off. You look, you see what Georgia's doing. You see how they came out, and you know. They shut down Arkansas. This is the same Arkansas team, the one that scored 51 points just a few days ago against Ole Miss. It was the same team that scored zero against Georgia. Same team. Okay? I mean, nothing different. <laughs> okay, K.J. Jefferson still the quarterback. <laughs> All of that. They did not score. They did not come close to scoring against Georgia. They put 51 on the board against Ole Miss. So I just can't see Kentucky scoring enough. I think the question, does Kentucky score a touchdown? <laughs> you know, uh, I think they have to rely on that defense. And I think the one thing that we that may be tested in this game coming up Saturday is where's Georgia's offense? Because Georgia hasn't needed their offense yet this year. Even the Clemson game, even the 10-3 game, they won that game on a pick six. They didn't need their offense necessarily against Arkansas. I mean, again, they had, don't get me wrong, the you know the, def- the offense played well. The run game was there. They jumped out on Arkansas quickly. They took the opening kickoff and went down the field. So, I mean, I'm not saying the offense didn't do anything. But besides that first initial drive, the defense basically set everything up. What happens if, you know, the team really defends the Bulldogs? I mean, what happens if Kentucky comes out there and shows that, hey, maybe they are the second-best defense in the SEC? And they and they shut down Stetson Bennett. They shut down, or at least they um, – they they manage the run game. You know, they, they don't let Zamir White go crazy. What happens with that? Is is Georgia's defense enough to win a game like that? Sure, they should be, but I don't know. I think that's a question. Again, look, for me, obviously I'm favoring the dogs in this game. But I'm just kind of throwing that out there, that this offense really hasn't been challenged yet. This offense, they have not had to – come up with any big drives in precious situations yet. So we'll see what happens. Again, that obviously is the game of the week in the SEC. Uh, number 11 against number one. 
Can't wait to see it, man. A lot going on in the SEC. I'll make my picks a little bit later in my last segment, along with the NFL picks. We'll get quickly into the HBCUs. That's coming up next. After I give you a little bit more music to enjoy and uh, take a little break. We'll be right back. Ball about the South continues in just a minute. Spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clocks run out, time's up, over, plow. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke, he's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole backs of these ropes. It don't matter, he's dope. He knows that. He's so sad that he knows when he goes back to this mobile home, that's when it's back to the lab again, yo. This old rap city better go capture this moment and hope it don't do better. episode six ball about the south and that was eminem man he's gonna be part of that super bowl show as well the halftime show that was lose yourself one of my favorite songs from eight ball soundtrack i thought obviously that was a good soundtrack 
because it was uh, centered around Eminem and all of the music that you had that you heard in the um, in the movie. You know, Eight Mile. I thought Eight Mile was a pretty good movie. You know, yeah. that, hey, that's just me. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not looking for any Oscar-worthy performances from uh, Eminem or anything like that. Uh, I had Mackay Pfeiffer and a couple other um, pretty good actors in that movie though as well. So yeah, I thought it turned out to be a pretty good movie myself. But that you know that was one of my favorite songs from the um, you know of of Eminem period. You know, I think you know that's just one of my favorites. Lose yourself and uh, one thing about it. Uh, if we get into the HBCUs, the one team that's kind of that kind of lost their self. <laughs> that's not a word. <laughs> the team that lost themselves over the weekend, the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. I mean, I don't know where to begin with that beatdown that they took at the hands of the Jackson State Tigers, led by Mr. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders himself. His son, Shadur Sanders. I mean, he went out and did it again. He didn't have to do a whole lot, though, to be honest with you. I mean, you look at the stats for Shadur Sanders in that game, a 61-15 bloodbath <laughs> over Alabama A&M. You know, look, Alabama A&M, we've talked about them a bunch here on this show in this the short amount of time that this show has been on the air and everything. Uh, A&M was looked at as the favorite to win the SWAC uh, Eastern Division this year, the, um, this fall, rather, because they won it in the spring. And, um, you know, really in kind of dominating fashion. And now, I mean, you, you, it's hard to recognize that football team right now. I mean, and you know, they were, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They were playing with fire. Every game was a shootout. Uh, they had just beaten uh, Tuskegee, I believe it was. I think it was a really close game on that one. And then you looked up, there was, you know, every game had been tight. South Carolina State game was 43-42. All of them were tight shootouts. And even though, yeah, you know, Akil Glass looked like he was, you know, in midseason form and everything, and the offense was rolling. You had to start wondering about that defense. The defense was a lot better uh, the one, the, the version that we saw this past spring. So I'm not really sure what the difference is. And, I mean, they were never in that football game on Saturday against Jackson State. They turned the ball over. It was a fumble by glass early in that game that was scooped up and taken in for a touchdown. And that was the ball game. Next thing you know, it was 21 nothing. <laughs> it was twenty-one nothing. Jackson State ended up being thirty-three to seven at the half, and then it gets to that point. Sixty-one fifteen is the final score. And, and if you hear Deion Sanders after the game, and Deion was like, "I thought we left about ten or fifteen points, maybe four. I think I know he said ten or fifteen or fourteen or fifteen points on the field." <laughs> So he was looking to, to to score 70 or 80. He thought they could have scored 75 on A&M. And, and, oh, by the way, it just happened to be Alabama A&M's homecoming. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, hey, you can't make this stuff up. And that's the one thing, man, you know, when I sit there and think about, you know, HBCU athletics, I just wonder if, if you know, I know the schedule, you have a lot of classics that you play in neutral sites. Obviously, we've got one coming up in a couple weeks. Alabama A&M, Alabama State, the Magic City Classic right here in Birmingham. It's always lit. Always. And look, I, I get the scheduling is a little bit difficult, especially, you know, trying to schedule games at home. But, man, you don't schedule Jackson State. This not this Jackson State team. <laughs> not for homecoming. You usually schedule a game for a homecoming that you, that you pretty much know you're going to win. And like I say, I understand that it's a little bit more difficult when you're talking about the HBCUs. But, uh, yeah, and Dion's like, man, you know, uh, it was HBC, HBCU Game Day, a really good platform, website. They have YouTube videos, all that good stuff. If you haven't checked them out, you need to check them out. But HBCU Game Day was were the ones doing the interview of Dion after the game. And he was like, man, you know, the guy, well, the guy interviewing was like, oh, you think they're going to invite you again for homecoming? I said, I, ser- I, I seriously doubt it. And I seriously doubt it, too. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, I look, I get it, man. I mean, and, and Jackson State came full with, the, you know, the band, Sonic Boom of the South. They were they were in the house. Obviously, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to that game. I actually went to the UAB game over the weekend. Congrats to them on the new stadium. The new stadium is really nice right in downtown Birmingham. They lost their first game to uh, Liberty. Uh, they came back and had a nice win over uh, Florida Atlantic the other day. So that was, that was really a good look for them. I was really happy to see the new stadium and everything. So it turned out good. But, I man, I, I would love to have gone to Huntsville for the um, homecoming festivities because you know it was still lit. You know the party was still on after the game despite <laughs> despite being drubbed 61-15. But that's the thing. I mean, it's like, I don't know, man. You know, I, I don't have anything against a good party. Not a thing at all. But at the same time, man, you know, you would think that you want to schedule a team that you know you're gonna uh, that you're gonna beat, and then um, go from there, and then the party can be even that much better. And that's just the way I see it. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. I don't know because obviously it's a good time to bring Jackson State in. You know, you think about homecoming, you think about Jackson State bringing their crowd, their band, all of that. I mean, the party was I'm sure was on, but. I, I think I'd rather win the football game, and in this case, they were never in the game. So, like I said, and, and this this gets back to us talking about Jackson State. That Tigers defense is legit, especially their front man. That front seven is legit. They got pressure consistently. I mean, I mean all day long on Glass. He was go, he was running for his life. He has some pretty good numbers when you look at it, but when it came down to it. It just wasn't enough. I mean, it wasn't near enough. And uh, so, you know, A&M, I mean, look, they, they're obviously behind the eight ball right now. Jackson State is in full control of their destiny in the East. 
I would imagine the Jackson State Tigers are going to be the representative in the Eastern SWAC championship game. I mean, I, I can't, you know, they have Alabama State this week. Alabama State is coming off a, a nice win over the weekend. They come in three and two in that game, but that game's in Jackson. I can't see Alabama State going and winning that game. I, I just really can't. But, you know, hey, stranger things have happened. Uh, maybe Jackson State gets, a, you know, got up a little bit too high for A&M and maybe they find it hard to come down or something. I don't know. But that Jackson State team, Sadur Sanders, that offense is clicking. The defense has been clicking from day one. And uh, they're going to be incredibly tough to beat. That's just that's just a fact. Uh, so, man, yeah, really good action, though, in the, in the SWAC this past weekend, too. Um had some pretty good games besides the – I mean, we really thought that was going to be the game of the week and it turned to be a dud. But, uh, you know, again, Alabama A&M looked to be the favorite, not anymore. Prairie View A&M looking to be the team in the uh, in the West. They go, they moved to 4-1. and one. Uh, Alcorn State in the East, they, have a, they got a big win. That was their homecoming. Um, they win the game over uh, Grambling, twenty-four to twenty, close game. But Felix Harper, man, Alcorn State, they're back. Now, you know, you know, Felix Harper again didn't have the best of days on um, against Grambling State, but it was enough. Uh, you look at Alabama State beating Arkansas Pine Bluff, thirty-five fifteen. Mississippi Valley State, big win over Bethune Cookman. Bethune-Cookman, the Wildcats still uh, have not won a game this season. They are, uh, you know, they're struggling big time. Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State with a big win there. Texas Southern over Southern, 35-31. And then in a matchup of uh, MEAC against SWAC, but it was two, actually used to be two MEAC teams, South Carolina State, they lose 30-7 to down in Tallahassee. Man, uh, great win for Florida A&M right there. So, you know, look, the, the uh, this thing is gonna it's coming to a head right now. Uh, right now you got Jackson State 2-0 in the league. Alabama State is right behind them 2-1. Uh, Florida A&M 1-1, Mississippi Valley 1-1. I think basically this championship in the East is going to come down to this coming Saturday. Uh, you know, maybe FAMU has, you know, has something to say about that later on, but that loss by uh, FAMU to Jackson State early in the year is going to hurt them right there. So, you know, I, I can't see Jackson State, who are actually are ranked in the top 25 in the FCS right now. They're ranked 25th, by the way, which is a good thing. Um, like I say, this team is legit, man. They've only given up 66 points in the five games that they've played so far. It's not bad. Not bad at all. They haven't scored a lot of points. I mean, the, you know, like I say, the offense is still catching up, even though <laughs> even though they scored 61 points the other day, they've only scored 137 points for the season. That tells you where their offense was before Saturday. That's why – you know, you look at that game and it's kind of, it was kind of an eye-opener, man. I was like, I could not believe it. So, yeah, 
Uh, then you again, you look at the West Prairie View A and M three and oh, four and one overall. Alcorn State two and oh. Again, those two teams I think are going to um, fight for uh, that SWAC championship berth from the West. I think it's going to come down. You know, Southern may have something to say about that. They're sitting at one and one. So anyway, um, there you have it. I mean, a, a weekend where. A lot of homecomings. Alabama State had their homecoming over the, uh, this past weekend as well. A lot of homecomings going on. I'm sure there'll be uh, some more coming up this weekend. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, Jackson State, obviously, when we talk about game balls, I'm going to give out my first game ball for this episode. Man, obviously, it has to be from that game. And we've given one to Shadur Sanders earlier this um, earlier this season. I'm just going to give it to the entire defense. Even though Alabama A&M has been struggling to really put teams away, the one thing they had not been struggling in is, is scoring. They struggled Saturday, so I'm going to give that defense, man. Like I said, Jackson State, I think they can play with anyone's offense. I really do. That defense gets pressure like you would not believe on the quarterback. All you have to do is ask Mr. Akil Glass. That's all you have to do. And uh, they have a uh, they have a killer's instinct about them. They were not taking their ga- the foot off the gas pedal in that game. They were trying to score late in the fourth quarter. If I was AM, I'd have been pissed off about that myself. I mean, actually, I'm now they didn't have a right to be necessarily because I mean, look, you could just go out and stop them. If you don't want them to score, go out and stop somebody, right? But at the same time, I'm be like, look, man, y'all got 61 points on the board. And Dion over there talking about they should have scored about 80. <laughs> so anyway, I give my game ball for the HBCUs to Jackson State's defense, and I think it's well-deserved. Um, have not talked about the game balls for the NFL or the SEC. My SEC game ball, man, look, you know, it – I think that there were a lot of places I could have gone with this one. A lot, a lot of places. But um, I'm, I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker, Tennessee, man. I mean, especially, you know, the last two weeks, and, I, and you would think I probably would go with, the, um, you know, someone from Texas A&M. But I think if you really look at the stats, I mean, that, while, again, they, they were impressive enough, and obviously they were impressive enough for Texas A&M to beat Alabama. Uh, what, I saw, what I've seen from Tennessee the last two weeks, to me, offensively is just as impressive. It was, it's pretty close. We're going to get another good look to see just how real this Tennessee team is again. Like we talked about, they've got Ole Miss coming up uh, this coming Saturday. In Knoxville, eleven o'clock game. That's I'm no um, six thirty game. I'm sorry. Uh, that's gonna be crazy. I, I cannot wait to see what happens in that football game. So I'm gonna give that SEC game ball to quarterback of the Tennessee Volunteers, Hendon Hooker, and I think it's well deserved. Uh, moving on to the NFL. Yeah, you know, obviously several places I could go here as well. Uh, yeah, some really good performances in the Tennessee game. Derrick Henry, uh, he went over 100 yards again, 130 yards to be exact. They had three touchdowns. 
like I said, he you know he came to rescue my uh, fantasy team there. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know if I want to really get into that, I won my um on my fantasy team. I won my uh, matchup this week basically because uh, Baltimore scored that last touchdown touchdown to send the game to overtime. That's how I won, that's how I won the game or the matchup. <laughs> If I if they didn't score that last touchdown, my opponent would have won. So I won by like four points or something like that, something crazy. And it was all because they got that last touchdown to um because the other guy had the Indianapolis defense. So man, yeah, that that I thought that was obviously pretty crazy too, man. So yeah, I mean, look, it, it was a pretty crazy. It's been a crazy last two weeks to say the least. Just I mean, just flat out crazy. But yeah, man, look, I for for the um game ball, I've I've gotta go with Derrick Henry with those three touchdowns, hundred and thirty yards rushing. I know he's gotten it um earlier. I just didn't really see a lot of really great performances. Could have said Matt Ryan with that performance against the Jets. But it was the Jets, you know. I mean you know, this was the Jaguars, but those three touchdowns for me for Derrick Henry were huge. Tennessee needed that victory. Big time. Obviously, they needed it. Uh, so that was a huge game for them. Uh, I could have maybe gone Jameis Winston, 279 yards passing, four touchdowns. He was definitely in the running. But, uh, again, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it with Derrick Henry for my NFL game ball. At any rate, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back. We're going to finish up the show. We've got to get some baseball in, man. The playoffs are uh, well underway. The Atlanta Braves, it's been a happy run for them so far. They have they beat the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Not so happy a run for the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll get into that a little bit. We'll make some picks for this upcoming weekend when Ball About the South continues. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances Finessing on them with some counterfeits But now I'm counting this Parmesan with my accountant lives In fact, I'm down in this say with my boobay Tastes like Kool-Aid for the analyst Girl, I can buy your Westy world With my base stuff I know that it's good Won't you sit it on my taste buds I get way too petty Won't you let me do the extras Pull up on your block Then break it down We playing Tetris AM to the PM PM to the AM phone Eat up your My left stroke just went viral Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note It's levels to it, you and I know Tell them be humble Alright y'all, we're back in uh, Final segment of episode 6 Ball about the South I'm just glad y'all are joining me and if you're uh, with me again this has been a long this is my longest episode so far we had, like i said we had a lot to talk about because i was absent last week and then there was so much going on especially especially with the alabama loss and all of that you know we had to you know I had to go a little bit deeper into all of that man and uh you know again it's, it's, it is what it is taking a little bit longer but i definitely still appreciate you hanging in with me as long as you have uh, 
want to remind you, be on the lookout, man. Uh, NBA preview show later this week. Uh, probably on the weekend, I'll be dropping that as the real season, the regular season tips off Tuesday night. Man, that's going to be really interesting stuff. Uh, I'm probably going to get into Kyrie Irving, that situation, um, in that NBA preview show. Kyrie, obviously, I talked some Ben Simmons. You know, my thoughts there, what's going on with the Sixers. You know, Ben Simmons actually showing back up in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, um yeah, we'll we'll get into all of that in the NBA preview show. And uh that like I said, be on the lookout, it'll be dropping later this weekend. Uh before we get back into football again, so much football going on that we're covering right here. Gotta do some baseball. And I really wanted to do a little bit more than that. If I had done a show last week, I think we would have really gone a little bit deeper into into um the Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays. Both those teams, of course, made the playoffs. The uh, wild card. Well, uh, neither one of those teams were in the wild card. But the uh, National League and American League divisional series have gone down. And all of them are over except for one. And, you know, that will, will be going on tomorrow night. Which that game will be the San Francisco Giants and Dodgers. The Braves... Just tonight, man, Freddie Freeman does it again. Tied 4-4 going to the bottom of the eighth. Freddie Freeman hits one out of out of Truist Park, dead center field, and the Braves. He puts the Braves up 5-4. Uh, Will Smith comes in and, and closes it out. His third save of the series. He saved all three wins. The Braves beat the Brewers three games to one. And they head back to the National League Championship Series. Right there where they blew a 3-1 lead last year to the Dodgers, the eventual champions. So the Braves have got a chance to avenge all of that, man. And who knows, it may be playing the Dodgers again. We'll see. I kind of thought the Dodgers might win that series. And, of course, they still have a chance to. They'll have to do it in San Francisco tomorrow night. That's going to be an interesting game, of course. But, yeah, man, the Braves getting that victory. I'll tell you what, man. Now, Fred, you know, you sit there and look at this Braves squad. Um, you have to take your hat off to the front office. You have to take your hat off to Brian Snicker, the, the manager, uh, for keeping that thing afloat. I mean, you lose Ronald Acuna. This is a guy that was looking to be the MVP of this league. No question about it. Obviously, you know, you you know you can argue who's the most important player on the Braves squad. A lot of people would say Freddie Freeman. Then I think there would be a lot of people also that would say Ronald Acuna Jr. And uh, you know just the fact that they lost him uh, there right before the All Star break, and then after that they lost uh, Marcelo Zuna, another outfielder. You know, a powerful guy. He hit over 30 home. You know, he hit a lot of home runs last season. I'm sorry. Um, uh, you know, look, man, that that was, was something to overcome big time. I know they added Jock Peterson. You know, Jock Peterson's been around. He had a really good series. Had a big home run there in game, uh, I think it was game three, that put that game away for the Braves. 
Uh, you sit there and look at it, man. You you sit there and look at how they were able to overcome those two huge injuries. They yes, they found Jock Peterson. They did sign uh, Jorge Soler. Of course, uh, Jorge Soler was not able to play the last two games of the series due to him being uh, uh, down with COVID. So he was in there, you know, he was not able to play the last two games of the series. And then you also had them pick up Eddie Rosario, which was also a really good, nice pickup for the outfield. But still, even though they really were able to um, bring in good players and replace those two big bats and those two big gloves in their lineup, you still have to make all that stuff work, man. You still have to you, you still have to make all the pieces fit. It's still, you know, there's still chemistry to all of that. And uh, you got to give them the credit, man. They were able to uh, withstand a good rush by the Philadelphia Phillies there in the National League East. And uh, they got it done. That's all you can say. And I tell you, you've got to be proud to be a Braves fan. But I'm telling you, I know what I'm about to hear. <laughs> I know what I'm about to hear and see on Twitter. I'm about to see Braves fans say, well, it was nice while it lasted. We had a good season. <laughs> Braves fans, you know, Atlanta fans in general, actually, I guess, state of Georgia fans, you know, whether it's the Bulldogs, whether it's the Hawks, whether it's the Braves, whether it's the, whether it's the Falcons, whoever it is, they are, you know, they think that they're cursed. And you know what? I, I couldn't have argued with them for the longest time. But, you know, you've had a team in the Super Bowl, the Falcons. You had a team, the Georgia Bulldogs, in the national championship game. Well, I don't know if I can really <laughs> say anything about the Braves. I'm not really sure I can go there because the Braves did blow a three games to one lead last year in the National League Championship Series. So I'm a, I'm I'm about to be you know flooded with the yeah my my timeline that is my timeline is about to be flooded with yeah it was a nice run but the series season's over there's no way we're gonna win it doesn't matter who we're playing <laughs> uh, Dodgers or Giants doesn't matter we're going down. The curse is still alive. That is exactly what you're going to see if you have brave, uh, brave fans on your timeline. I guarantee it. They're going to tell you the season is over. I don't think it is, though. I mean, I, I, I don't think it really matters which team makes it. I think the Braves match up really well. I thought the Braves would win this series, but you know, against Milwaukee, but. I knew that that would not be an easy uh, series for them because of Milwaukee's pitching. The Brewers are strong. They have strong uh, starters at the top. They have a really good bullpen. They have a really good closer and, and Bader, Hader, I'm sorry, H-A-D-E-R. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, uh, I think the Braves have a really good shot to pull this thing off. We'll see if they can do it. We'll talk more about the Braves next week. Um, the uh, National League Championship Series, I guess, will start over the weekend, and uh, we'll talk about talk a little bit more about the Braves and their opponent at that point. Looking at the Tampa Bay Rays, man, uh, I really thought they would beat Boston. They had the home field advantage, of course. They won Game One, were unable to win Game Two. The Red Sox uh, put eleven runs on the board in that game, an offensive onslaught. 
And it was kind of downhill from there. I mean, they had some chances. They had the crazy play in game three where the ball hit off of um, ah, the Red Sox right fielder, Renfro. The ball hits off his chest, um, off the bat of Kiermaier. Um Long drive, and and the ball hits off the off that little short wall out there, you know, in the in the right field bullpen there in Fenway. The ball bounces off the wall, and then bounces up off of Renfro, and then bounces back over the wall. And so Randy Rosarina would have scored, actually did score, but he had to return back to second base, back to third, because he was on he was on first, so he had to return back to third because it was a ground rule double, so he couldn't score. So the bottom of the 13th, they don't score. Uh, top of the 13th, they don't score. The game stays 5-5, and then obviously the Red Sox are able to win it on a sacrifice fly there in the in the bottom of the ninth. And then, of course, game four, you know, the Red Sox were able to pull that one out as well. And, of course, the, the Red Sox have eliminated the Rays. It was another really good season for Tampa Bay, though, man. They, you know, again – uh, I really thought they would be back to the World Series. I thought that they would get there. I thought it would be either them or Houston. I, I've got Houston winning this next series, the ALCS against the Red Sox. That gets underway Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, a really good season for the Rays nonetheless. But that's kind of how baseball goes, man. The, the ball, you know, it can bounce funny. And the team, you know, the team that's not supposed to win, not to say the Boston, that's not a huge upset or anything like that. But obviously the Rays were the favorite coming in. Just kind of the ball kind of bounces funny like that sometimes. So you've got the Rays uh, there on vacation now. But, again, a really strong season from them. So, yeah, we've got a lot to look forward to with the baseball as we get toward the League Championship Series. We'll talk a lot more about that next week all right then let's get back into some football as we close out the show let's get some picks in man let's talk about some you know, how about we talk about some of the games coming up this weekend obviously there are several big games around uh the sec that we're going to get into the hbcus uh one of the big games we kind of just touched on really briefly in the HBCU ranks in the SWAC. That is uh, Alabama State visiting Jackson State. You know, like I said, I, I can't see Alabama State winning that game. I think if they do, Jackson State's going to kind of have to help them. <laughs> okay, it's going to take some turnovers. It's going to take a uh, really strong performance from an Alabama State offense that's kind of been up and down this season um i don't know i mean again we'll we'll see maybe jackson state still you know kind of hung over from that 61 <laughs> those 61 points they put on alabama a&m we'll see other than that I, I, other than that i can't see alabama state winning that game i've got jackson state in that one another big one florida a&m and alabama a&m the battle of the agricultural and mechanical universities. <laughs> uh, I like, I think Alabama a probably gets back on on tracks there, but I don't know, man. Like I say, it's been a struggle. They've lost two in a row now. They lost to Grambling two weeks ago, and of course, got drugged by Jackson State last week. So 
I think that's going to be an interesting game. Other games in the SWAC, you've got Prairie View A&M against Bethune, Cookman. Obviously, I have to roll with Prairie View on that one. Texas Southern, Grambling State. Grambling's playing a lot better. Of course, Texas Southern did come away with a victory last week, but I think I'll probably stick with the, the Tigers in that football game. Southern and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Alcorn State, who seems to have everything back in order on their end as well, travels to Mississippi Valley. Give me the Braves in that one. Yeah, so I mean, you know, some good, really good football games. I don't think you don't have. I don't think you have the marquee matchup like we had last week, but still some good ones. Uh, you look over in the MEAC, Not only a couple games. Uh, you have three teams that are off next uh, this coming week. Uh, North Carolina Central, Delaware State, and Howard are all off. Morgan State, that's the only conference game. They travel to South Carolina State. Uh, obviously, I think the Bulldogs will probably prevail in that game. Let's move over to the SEC and, you know, just college football in general. You know, kind of look up, man. Uh, actually, you know, we'll kind of look nationally really quick. Some of the top games that I see. Probably the game that jumps off the board, and, and you know, nationally, probably Oklahoma State at Texas. I, I kind of, you know, Oklahoma State is five and zero right now. Um, you have to ask yourself, can they get back into the playoff? You know, in the contention to be in the playoff race. I don't know. I don't know if they have a win out there big enough that would push them up there. Besides Oklahoma, of course, that would come at the end of the season. You know, they call that bedlam. Something always happens to Oklahoma State, though, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's like clockwork. Something always happens to the Cowboys. You know, I don't know if it's this weekend because Texas obviously is showing their defense is, is, is really uh, not very good, <laughs> okay? Texas' defense is a mess right now. So... Obviously, you know, that game is in Austin. I like, you know, I can see Oklahoma State winning that game. I can. I think I'm going to roll with Texas, though, man. After that loss to Oklahoma, I think they'll come in focused. I think uh, Steve Sarkeesian will get that team back. They'll find a way to win that game. For me, that's the biggest game nationally that I see. I know there's that UCF-Cincinnati game. Um, Obviously, Cincinnati needing to win that game, needing to win out. So they can uh, possibly grab one of those four playoff spots. We'll see how it goes. I'm telling you, you sit there and you look at the rest of the schedule, it's SEC dominated once more. When you sit there, you look at uh, two big ones for me, obviously Kentucky or Georgia. We talked briefly about that. We've talked about Kentucky offensively. I, I, I just I can't see it. But the one thing I have, and I, the one thing that I will say, and I, I don't know if I've heard a lot of people really talk about Georgia's offense, but I don't think Georgia's offense has really been challenged, man. They haven't had a drive, in my opinion, in any the of their games where they, you know what, Georgia needs a score right here. Georgia's got to have points on this drive. Point to me one time they've had a drive like that this season. So, you know, look, then that may not mean a thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Georgia doesn't have a good offense. I'm not saying that. But 
I don't know if that, you know, again, I think they're suspect a little bit. I think there are questions about them offensively. So if you can kind of just hang in there and score, at least try to score a few points and not give up those big plays that they've been used to having now. Obviously, the run game is strong. We know that. But they've had, you know, they've had some big plays. They had big plays against Arkansas. And, you know, for me, that was, you know, that was how they did it. They they did it with defense and big plays. But if you can take those big plays, can those can Georgia score those 80-yard drives and things of that nature? Can, can they do that? I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying I don't know if we've seen them do it in precious situations yet. So this is the best defense that they've faced so far, Kentucky. Uh, again, I've got Georgia winning the game. They're a twenty-one and a half point favorite. I'm, I'm rolling with the the, the Wildcats to to cover that. I think you know. I think Georgia. Uh, I think Kentucky can hold them in the twenties. Um, it'll be difficult if 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 Kentucky's not you know if they're turning the ball over and they're not doing anything offensively themselves, but. I don't know. I think I think Kentucky can hold Georgia under thirty points. I really do. Point somewhere, but but again, can can Kentucky score a touchdown? That's going to be the question in that game. I like Georgia somewhere in the range of twenty four to ten, twenty seven ten. Uh, you know, maybe twenty four to six. Uh, yeah. I, I again, I, I think Kentucky might make it interesting for a quarter or two, but. Georgia will pull away and get the victory. Just not, they just won't cover the, that spread, I don't think. Uh, Florida LSU, the Gators come in a 12-point favorite. Imagine that. Just think about that. The Gators, ranked number 24-2 and two on the season, come in a 12-point favorite in Baton Rouge. Crazy. I like Florida to win the game, but you would think LSU would be able to pull within 12 points. I just, I can't see Florida... Um, you know, I think they they're having their issues with their offense as well. Every and just about every game you look at with this team, except the Alabama game, they've had some issues offensively. So I think it's going to be tough for them to get to that twelve point um, spread. But anyway, I like the Gators. You know, you know, close one. Uh, you look at Alabama and Mississippi State. Obviously, I, I'm going to have to roll with Alabama in that one, but. Again, we talked about it a little earlier. You know, I talked about it in my Alabama segment. Uh, this this is a Mississippi State team that it, we know they can do one thing, and they can throw the football. Uh, obviously, Alabama's not going to have to worry about the run quite as much. But you know, can can Alabama that can that front seven get pressure on uh, Rodgers? Will Rogers? Can they get to him? Can they force Mississippi State to make those long drives and not, you know, can they turn Mississippi State over? Things of that nature. Uh, again, I think Alabama will, will be okay offensively. We'll see if they run the ball a little bit more. Seeing some things in the news about that. Obviously, you know, a lot of people thought Brian Robinson should have had a few more carries. We're seeing Nick Saban make some statements like that. We'll see how that rolls, man. I like Bama, I don't know, somewhere range 34, 17, 34 to 20. 
somewhere in that range. But I think it's going to be a pretty close game for most of the night. I really do. Alabama goes into that game a 17-point favorite. Auburn and Arkansas, man, I, I can't see Auburn winning that game with that offense right now. I like the Hogs in that one, maybe by double digits. And the final game I'm going to look at, man, that's going to be crazy. Ole Miss at Tennessee. That'll kind of finish up the night in the SEC. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go slightly. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tennessee. I, I, I like Tennessee's chances to win this football game. I really do, and that's nothing against Ole Miss. I just I have to like what Tennessee has going on with that game being in Knoxville. I think that gives them a little bit of an edge. Looking at some of the NFL games, when we get out of here, man. We got a huge game Thursday night. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. We've seen uh, Mac Jones get his shot at Tom Brady at TB12. Now Jalen Hurts, fresh off of that uh, comeback win against the Panthers the other day. He gets his shot in, um, on Thursday night. Should be interesting. I, I can't see the Eagles winning the game. I think t- Tampa Bay finds a way, but it wouldn't be surprising for me to see it be another tight game like we saw them play against New England. wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, that was the thing I didn't really get to talk about last week, man. I I thought the Mac Jones slander was kind of wild. You know, seeing things like, well, you know, we all know who the guy with the six rings is. Okay, and, you know, Tom Brady, and they, a lot of people making statements on Twitter that, you know, uh, but it, it all started basically because Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, they, there was a graphic um, I guess maybe in the third quarter where Mac Jones had kind of had better statistics than Tom Brady, and they said something like him, you know, he was out playing him. Well, I mean, in a way he was, <laughs> right? In a way he was out playing Tom Brady to a degree. So, you know, I don't know, man. I, I just think the Mac Jones slander is a little bit, a little bit too much, but that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because I am a Bama fan. I don't know. At any rate, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win that Thursday night game. Um, the Titans and the Bills. That is the big game, obviously, in the AFC South and NFC South this weekend. Maybe the Bills come in. They come in a five-and-a-half-point favorite uh, playing that game in Nashville on Monday night. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I think you have to favor Buffalo right now. I, I don't like what this Tennessee team is right now. They they got to win uh, the other day. But I, I just think, man, I, 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 there, there's some things, obviously, with this defense. And I think offensively, uh, they're still kind of a work in progress as well. A lot of penalties. You're seeing uh, Ryan Tannehill get hit a little bit too much still. I'm going to have to go with the Bills in that football game. Bills Mafia, man. I remember the last time the Bills came in and they kind of took over Nashville a little bit. That was a little bit embarrassing, to be honest with you. (laughs) I like the Buffalo Bills to win that football game. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how things roll. Uh, A lot of nice games in in the uh, NFL around the league. The Cardinals going to Cleveland. That should be a really good one. Uh, what about the Arizona Cardinals? Crazy. We're going to have to get into those Cardinals, those Redbirds, Kyler Murray and all those dudes. We're going to have to kind of go in-depth on them a little bit. The Chargers and the Ravens, uh, obviously both those teams 4-1. and one. 
Again, that could be another 45-44 game or something like that. Uh, you know, really uh, some really good games. Packers uh, going to Chicago to play the Bears. Interesting football games. The Cowboys going to New England. That should be interesting. So, you know, a lot of good stuff. And you know we're going to hit all of it up as much as we can. Right here next week again on Ball About the South. My name is Kerry Wood at C. Wood on Sports. is where you can find me on Twitter and IG. I really appreciate you joining me. Hit me up on there. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a comment. Hit me up with that five-star rating if you enjoyed the if you enjoyed the content here. Please do that. But whatever uh, uh, platform you're listening to the show on, if you can make a comment, please do. Whether it's bad, good, bad, doesn't matter with me. Just let me know how you like the show, things you'd like to hear on the show, you know, anything like that. And I'd be glad to get those comments. And anyway, again, be on the lookout for that NBA show, the NBA preview coming up later this week. My name is Kerry Wood at Seawood on Sports, and I'm out.